From Los Angeles, California, it's Felice Navipod with special guest John Ross Bowie. And now, here's Tony Thaxton. Christmas only comes around once a year. Welcome to Felice Navi Pod. My name is Tony Thaxton. With me, as always, is Rigby. Yep. Yes. Guys, it's almost Halloween, which means it's almost Thanksgiving, which means it's almost Christmas. Yep. But I've been a very busy man lately. Uh, sometimes these episodes are hard to, to find the time to put together. But, uh, you know, those... Bar Rescue's not going to watch itself, you guys. I have got to get in there. Is Taffer going to rescue it? I don't know. Uh, but I'm, you know, doing that. And want to tell you guys again, I'm on downright.com. D-O-W-N-W-R-I-T-E. Uh, if you like the little songs on this show, go over to downright.com. And I, you can, you can request a song for me. I'll write you a little jingle if you'd like. Uh, so check that out. And I've also been doing some writing on uh, eatgeekplay.com and therunout.com. Doing some writing over there. Check those out. I'm going to be continuing to do more. Um, yeah, I'm throwing early plugs in here because, you know, I'm stalling. I'm not prepared. So what else, What are we going to do? I mean, oh, what a surprise. Someone's at the door. And Rigby's barking. Shut up, Rigby. Hello, John Ross Bowie. Hello, Tony. How are you? Good. How are you? Come I, on in. I, thanks. It's nice to be here. It's so chilly outside. Yeah. it's uh, We're getting to that time. It's, indeed. It's finally almost becoming an appropriate time to do this. It is. It is yes. indeed. You're, get, you're, you're just skirting uh, appropriate. Yes. We are on the outskirts of a appropriate, town called appropriate. appropriate adjacent, as we say <laughs> in Los Angeles real estate terms. Yes. Yes. So how you doing? What's going on? Oh God! How's that for an opening question? That's that's super fucking vague, dude. <laughs> that's wow. I mean, I expected this to be kind of loosey goosey, but wow, mm-hmm. you are really not prepared. No, um, never uh, am. You never. know, it's I, I gotta say, it's it's gonna look. If you're a TV viewer, it might look like I'm having a busy fall, but I'm not. All really? the stuff I did, I did in the summer, and it's just kind of being parsed out over the fall, but there's not um, a lot going on at all. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly quiet right now. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was surprised. Uh, well, I didn't know you were coming. You just showed up right now. Of course, sure. It's not I'm surprised door. to see you right now. I, I would, I, yeah, exactly as you said. I would expect you to be... Out on the lot right now. No, you would be wrong. Uh, but no, I had a nice busy summer, so I, I can't complain. It was uh, there was some some fun work. Um, I got to go to South Africa for work. Really? Yeah. Which I, was that is not a place I have gotten to go. You know, it was funny. Um, it was not a place I ever expected to go. Yeah. It was not like people were like, "Wow, man, what a bucket list thing!" I was like, oh, "Frankly, no, it was not actually on my bucket list." <laughs> I was, I was fully set to not ever travel to Africa in this incarnation and just be fine with that. Right. But then the opportunity 
kind of fell into my lap and I, I booked something uh, for, that uh, the BBC was shooting um, a show called The Wrong Mans, which is a, a BBC show that uh, streams here in the States on Hulu. And they were their second season. Check this out. Their second season was going to take place in Texas around Christmas. So they nice. needed desert in the winter, but it was August. So you have to go south of the equator, uh-huh. and the easiest thing for them to do was to fake Texas in South Africa. Wow. Yeah. So we're in there, and they're shooting, and they've got, like, these long stretches of desert, and they turn, like, a little roadside bar into a Mexican restaurant, uh-huh. and everything looks fine, and then a wild giraffe walks into frame, and we had to cut. <laughs> so shit like that was happening That's pretty, pretty steadily. Uh, so it was very, it was very strange, but uh, beautiful and um, and fascinating. Yeah. And How long were you there for? I was there for two weeks, and um, I was staying. Yeah, they they really they um, insulate you from anything that could go wrong. So we're in Johannesburg, but I'm in like this really nice hotel that was literally sitting on top of a mall. Um, so to go outside, you had to walk through a mall, and uh-huh. by the time you got outside. You probably wouldn't even get that far, really, because you, the mall, something in the mall would distract you, and you're like, I'll just have lunch here, screw it. Um, and they were really keen on, like, yeah, don't wander off campus too much. There's, yeah. there's still some some pretty serious crime in Johannesburg, and uh, so stay pretty local if you can. If you that... must go somewhere, we'll get one of the drivers to take you. So, like, when we wanted to go to Soweto or see the Nelson Mandela Museum or whatever, we had a driver take us um, – and we would tip them, and someone from the transportation department, and we would uh, we would go that way. But we were very much like, just stay put, yeah. don't wander away. That's I had that exact treatment. the The one and only time uh, I got to go to Brazil. Yeah, I've but, heard I've heard that about Brazil. Yeah, uh, it it was it ended up just like I'm grateful I got to go, but it ended up just kind of not being that great of an experience because it was just like didn't really get to see anything yeah and just every day like we we were on like a crazy sky we would fly to every show uh because it's pretty spread out yeah and, of course and, right and, yeah. uh and so we would we would have to like we'd play the show late get up really early i don't know why the flights were so early but we'd fly to the next city and then maybe we'd get a few hours at the hotel and sometimes you know it's like oh we can actually like you know check out the city a little bit and every single day the like local promoter or whatever was like yeah, you don't really want to walk around this area. Oh my and... god! So it's just like just city of God, city of God, yeah. city of God, pretty much everywhere <laughs> you're going. Wow. Yeah, it's a shame, really. Um, so the stuff we did was very safe and touristy, and I'm not, you know, I I went to this weird little animal park where I got to pet a lion cub. So uh-huh. all right, that's not something I thought I would ever get to do. Yeah. So fine, that's that's, that's all great. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not complaining. I fed a giraffe by hand, so. You know, wow. But um, it was um, uh, it was strange, but uh, beautiful. That'll air uh, – well, that'll air uh, pretty soon around Christmas because it's almost Perfect. Christmas. Yeah. How far do you go with the whole shtick? Do uh, we – it's almost Christmas? Okay, yeah. yeah. You know. So it'll air, it'll air, it'll air this uh, December, which is right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, see, my theory, too, is that uh, I, think, I think people are saving up a lot of these episodes. They're going to binge listen – once December really rolls around. Fantastic. So we'll just talk that it's Now December. that it is December, please yeah. check Hulu for the Ron Mans. <laughs> um, because it's British, I am in every episode of the second season, but that's only four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the uh, 
is that like the furthest away you've gotten to travel? The fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) To the tune of like 8,000 miles. Yeah. Before that, my only other international, I worked in London. I did, uh, I did, I worked in London last year. Um, and then, yeah, I've never worked in Mexico. I've never, I've got friends who've done like weird little action movies in Bulgaria uh-huh. I think Bulgaria has some pretty fucked up labor laws, if they have any labor laws at all. So I think it's an incredibly cheap place. Like all those sci-fi original movies, uh, a lot of them shoot in Bulgaria. Okay. Because um, life and labor is cheap, I guess. And I mean, just if you just assume that you're going to lose a couple crew members for safety things, and that's just life, <laughs> I guess. I don't know what's happening over there. But I've, I've never been the guy who gets to travel to Bulgaria or, or gets to go to any of these. I know tons of people who've worked in Australia. I've never gotten yeah. to do that. So this was this was really kind of out of the blue. And um, that's cool though. Um, like that's a that's a pretty cool place to get to go. Oh, it really was. Yeah, it's... and it was also like um, I I. It, it was such a long shot that when I when I auditioned for it, I was just doing it to like, well, this casting director should know me, and I want to make my agent happy, so I'm going to audition for this. I'm never going to get it, which is just as well because I don't think my passport's up to date anyway. I'm just going to do it. So I fucking book it. I'm like, oh god, I have to get my passport up to date. <laughs> so it has this massive thing trying to rush through my passport and get the visa in place. And so what happened was I I was in Boston, had to fly back to L.A. Um, get my passport delivered to me, then go to LAX and fly from there to London, London to Johannesburg. And I, I was, it was the James Bondiest I've ever been <laughs> at all because I just didn't have my passport updated. Right. But it was the most like Mr. Bowie, here's your envelope, you know, that kind of, it was very cloak and dagger, the whole thing. But um, uh, but exciting, though. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. that's super exciting. Um, well, I... I... I have to ask you, I have to bring this up because I feel like m- most of my knowledge about, not all of it, but a, a lot of my knowledge, I should say, from, about you comes from various podcasts that I'm a fan of. Oh, and between... which is how you know how to pronounce my name? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sweet. Maybe. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, but, I, but two completely different sides that I have to ask about is I hear you on Jonah Radio and – like I was well one excited because I heard that you listened to Motion City soundtrack. Huge fan. Thank you. Uh, and but then I hear you on Never Not Funny a lot talking about all this, all these show tunes and musicals and all this stuff. Huge fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not two worlds that uh, no that you that you no, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but uh, no it it there's not I a, wasn't expecting it. There's not a ton of overlap. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, Pardo's great for that. It's funny too because that's all Pardo and I have in common musically because you know his his um the rest of his musical taste is he's really into like Chicago yeah. and um a lot of a lot of 80s stuff. Oh god, would yeah. that it were actually 80s stuff. He's into like dentist office music (laughs) oh man i just feel i don't i can't i'm not saying for sure that he listens to boz skaggs but i would not be surprised if he listened to boz i would not be surprised either um so yeah pardo and i all we have is uh is like frank lesser and stephen sondheim (laughs) and uh yes as a matter of fact we had a lovely time going out to uh see uh Mandy Patinkin and Patty Lapone. We date. We double oh, yeah, dated. Yeah, yeah, I remember him talking. We about uh, that. we double dated, and that was a, a good time. Yeah, the whole punk rock and show tunes thing is is my weird cross to bear. I guess um, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing it isn't. But I I have that. spent my I've spent 
I'm not even gonna say my adult life. I've been explaining myself since. Oh shit! Oh 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 oh! Move this! Move this! Move this! Move this! We're good. I spilled water for everyone listening. Way to go, dipshit! You spilled water on yourself. In front of John Ross Bowie and all the toys up on your shelf. This has never happened before, but it happened a few minutes after John walked through the door. Way to go, dipshit, you spilled water on yourself. Hey, way to go, Tony, you spilled water all over yourself. Cha-cha-cha. All right, we're we're back now. I spilled water all over myself. That was intense. (laughs) You have that is a that is exactly oh, yeah. the stain you don't want, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking at Tony's pants right now, and it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looks like. Um, it looks like I should be avoiding eye contact with you in downtown L.A. <laughs> um, yeah, he spilled. We almost got it on his, his Mac, but I think we're good. and, yeah, we're and good. all's all's well. You were you were you were quite the gentleman on that. You were you were much more worried than i was oh <laughs> no was i just nice oh this is well just i mean is this come from you, having children yeah it comes from <laughs> exactly it comes from just like constantly cleaning up messes and constantly trying to keep the computers out of uh, harm's way as you um, sit in a room with a guy that spilled a, his drink surrounded by toys <laughs> <laughs> yes i want to stay here actually i love it here um <laughs> Uh, we're talking about punk rock and show tunes. Yes. Which, and he says, it's funny. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm only ever asked about one or the other. And I think this is the first podcast, which I've been asked <laughs> to explain. And you haven't really asked me to explain. I just feel like I have to, since you brought it up. No, I just, I just, I, I, I like that. Like, cause I have like my weird thing, like one side and another side that aren't, but I, I feel like that those are. Like I said, those are two worlds you don't hear someone go too often. No, but uh, funny, the people I know who like both are dear, dear friends of mine. And I, and one of the guys, the guitarist in, in my band, Egghead, um, came to the first rehearsal and he was like, you know, we should cover, uh, we should cover Send in the Clowns. I was like, yeah, we should. All right. <laughs> this is going to work out fine. Um, I've never really understood what the common ground was. I, show tunes I grew up listening to. I, I grew up in the theater district in Manhattan. I grew up just a few blocks from Broadway, actually. And um, okay. and we didn't have a ton of money, but my parents would go out of their way to make sure that if we did have money, we would we would spend it on theater tickets and stuff. And then punk rock, I got into on my own the same way most people. You know, this, it's the standard story of that Ramones record staring at you from the shelf and like, uh-huh. why are they staring at me? I must listen to this. And then, you know, and a love affair is born, you know? And I feel like y- you hear that from 95% of the people who are into punk rock. Um, and I guess the only, it's funny. I read a, I read a biography of the Ramones um, that I think it's just called Hey Ho, Let's Go by a British guy named Everett True. And he made a point that, and he also has a fondness for, for, show music and uh and 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 punk rock and the ramones specifically and he just kind of talks about the sincerity that you get from both those you know whether it's you know like the heart on your sleeve of south pacific with some enchanted evening or the heart on your sleeve of oh oh, i love her so off of uh off of leave home it's just all sincere it's all just really heartfelt you know uh descendants rogers and hammerstein what it's all you know, there's no irony in in a lot of this stuff, you know, right. and and there is a lot of punk rock that is a little more arch and a little more distant. And I like that stuff, too, certainly. Um, but, yeah, I think there's something, you know, genuinely emotional, not just emo about about this this stuff. And, um, you know, you, you listen to uh, 
somebody pouring their heart out in an original cast recording and then you listen to like um what's a good example oh like uh, uh seven seconds of the crew do you know that record I don't actually know it's, that record. It's, it's um, I think it was their first full length, and it's all about like how important your friends are, and you just really got to stick. The last song on this album is called "Trust," and uh-huh. there's just no sense of humor anywhere. There's like 18 <laughs> songs, and they're deadly earnest, but it's really heartfelt, and they really mean it. And um, and there's these incredible catchy whoa choruses throughout, and. Uh, so I guess the the common ground is just this sincerity that I I, I was enjoying from from both of uh, both genres, um, and yet candidly, the one time they put them together uh, uh, and Green Day did a Broadway musical, I did not care for it. <laughs> I gotta say, I feel bad. I got free tickets from a friend, and the more I think about that show, and I went with him, and he liked it a lot, and I and I in, it was a good it was a good performance. Everyone on stage was fucking insanely talented yeah uh, five-piece band with a keyboardist who was kind of conducting which is interesting because you don't see punk rock being conducted very often they, so that was they play on stage yeah the band plays on stage okay. just tucked off in a corner there's no like um uh pit uh, right. for uh slam or orchestra and uh <laughs> so they're just tucked off and then this incredible this cast of like 19 year olds incredibly annoyingly young cast anytime you see a a, a a musical with a lot of choreography i'm just reminded of what terrible shape i'm in <laughs> it's like oh my god look at you guys you're up there for like 90 minutes dancing your asses off um, I'm exhausted watching you, um, but yeah, I, for some reason I felt like it, it was uh, it was peanut butter and sushi. Like the, I like both of these things, but they have no place together. I don't know what's <laughs> happening here at all. It was really weird. Um, yeah, I didn't really hear much about. I knew that happened, but I feel like no one really talked about it once it happened. No, I think it, I, well, it really it it. it surprised the broadway community it did well it was not a runaway hit and i don't think it won any tonys but it um it did well and it toured for a little while which is how a lot of those shows make money and so i think a lot of the broadway people were like oh this is kind of accessible and fun and this is this is not the scariest thing i've ever seen but then the punk rock community was like fuck this no (laughs) way right yeah definitely one side is is more accepting than the other Mm, that's definitely yeah that was not a two-way street and then Fucking Billy Joe had to go into his sting period and go into the show at the end of its run. Oh, that's right. I yeah, forgot that. He happened. actually performed one of the roles in it. And um, you didn't see that. I way. did not see that. My friend saw it and said, eh, he's pretty good. I'm sure he was. Yeah, I think he's a I think he's a good singer. And yeah. uh uh anytime and... I've ever well, I I saw them once, but anytime I've ever seen them like on TV or anything, they sound the Perfect. chops there are great. The yeah. chops are great. That is a dynamite rhythm section. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what the thing about Green Day is that, like, he's – there's something very, very cynical about his writing in the sense that he really thinks I've never heard the kinks. <laughs> he really thinks I've never heard any solo Iggy pop. He just is like – he's just yeah. going to, like, fucking – like, I'm not saying you, you know, uh, this is sort of an homage to this artist I like. He lifts. Oh, yeah. Well, entire riffs. Yeah. Uh, uh, warning. His and, picture book. Yeah. His fucking picture book. Because I actually, when that song first came out, I will admit I had not I had not yet heard picture book. 
I, our drummer and, was a huge Kinks fan. The okay. only reason I had yeah. the advance word on it, but I was like, yeah. wow, <laughs> what's happening here? Uh-huh. Are there no copyright laws in England? What's going on right now? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane, right? And yeah. then Holiday sounds a lot like The Passenger. Uh-huh. Um, and then they did another one. Oh, what was that one called? It sounded like Do It Again. Um the Kink song, do it again. What was the Green Day song? Anyway, there's a Green Day song that sounds a lot like a late period Kink single okay. um, from like 82, 83. Um, so, yeah, like really shameless shit like that. And I'm like, listen, you want to rip off the mall punks, that's fine. You do that. But some of us are on to you, man. <laughs> right. Well, they've covered the Kinks, too. Have they, they? Yeah, they did a cover of Tired of Waiting for You. Oh, that's right. And it sounds exactly like the original. Of course it yeah. fucking does, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad cover. No? But, I mean, that's kind of what happens when you do it yeah. exactly the same, I guess. But. Um, yeah, so strange. That's just such a, a weird um, a weird success story to watch, you know? It's just like, like I, I, as I say, they're good and the chops are there. But, wow, there's a real sense of... Right place, right time with those guys. <laughs> you know, when you mark when it, when you chart their meteoric success, yeah, and you're like, well, I guess yeah, they're kind of cute, which certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but I, they're fucking they're arena rock stars. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, isn't that strange? <laughs> yeah, they yeah they definitely that moment they i because that was when i was in high school like a few years of me in high school like that was my band yeah like, that sure was, sure that was the band for me okay so like, so dookie comes out and you're in high school yeah okay so yeah that obviously catch i mean yeah. shit it came out i was already in the workforce and i loved the record you know <laughs> i was i was out and about and like i had my i had my bachelor's degree and i was trying to figure out what i was going to do with it and i was still i was still cranking basket case all yeah. the time so i'd been in high school uh-oh <laughs> what's up rigby rigby has entered hip hip no more water spilling. She's trying to get John's water. Continue. Continue. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I don't think I have much else to say about the matter. It's just, um, <laughs> it still kind of blows me away that they're as fucking huge as they are. Yeah. Uh, has it settled down a bit? It probably like... has, but I, don't, I still think they could waltz into town right now and play. I mean, shit, they played the Forum last time they were in L.A. Yeah. Um, and I saw Prince at the Forum. I mean, the Forum's for big acts. Yeah. Um, they could probably, I mean, they could totally do the bowl, I'm sure, at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty huge. Were there bands coming up? When you guys were coming up, were there bands that you you saw in passing where you're like, oh, these guys are going to be huge stars, or these guys are going to tank? Did you ever like have like, completely wrong calls about about your peer group when you guys were starting out motion um, city i mean yeah there were there were a few that uh we definitely saw a lot of people surpass us you know like have bands opening for us and right. then you know a few months later they're enormous but i gotta say the cool thing about that was a lot of those bands remembered that though and then when they got huge then took us out Oh, that's to nice. open for them on these oh, like gigantic who? shows, uh, like uh, Fall Out Boy. Oh, really? And All American Rejects. Wow! Like we we Fall Out uh, Boy, Fall Out Boy open for you guys. Yeah. No shit. Wow. And they uh, we played shows with them back when 
no one knew who either one of us was. Fascinating. And like on like the outskirts of Chicago. Like I remember playing a show with them in this old uh shut down movie theater that was now having like punk shows and we played with Fallout Boy and I think the lineup was even a little bit different at that point. Mm. And uh and then I remember like months after that we'd come back to Chicago and they would usually like come out and see us if they weren't playing. And I remember Patrick, their singer, I remember playing the fireside bowl in Chicago and Patrick being front and center, like air drumming to all of our songs. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. There's a, um, uh, I guess smashing pumpkins open for super chunk one time (laughs) and, and super chunk talk about that pretty candidly. And that's, that's gotta have been just really weird. Yeah. Really, really weird. This <laughs> um, is a strange bill in general. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you go see Super Truck and Smashing Pumpkins are opening, a uh, young Smashing Pumpkins, that's got to have been really strange. Wow. Well, that's cool. Yeah. There, there's a. Uh, yeah. I won't. I won't say the other side of things. I'll, I'm I'll sure. leave, we'll I'll do that, that off mic. Mr. We'll do that off mic. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Honestly, a... there's not too many, but there's a few that I was like, how did this band get huge? But I'll, I will not name names. Well, you know, it's funny. We never. Um... <laughs> When I was in a, a band in my in my twenties in the ninety, we broke up in the beginning of ninety eight. So we you know, we missed we missed uh, pretty much everything. Yeah, Green what? Day. Green Day were big by the time we when we were up and running. But like Green Day were one thing. It's the Green Day copycats that when they started to blow up, we were we were long gone. Like your Blink One Eighty Twos, your right. Sum Forty Ones. Um, those guys we missed out on entirely. Um, but we so because of that, there was really no place for us to go, especially we were in New York where it was all like still some a little bit of hardcore left and then um, like really nasty, sleazy uh, gutter punk, which just it wasn't us really uh, yeah. either. You know, it was just like, you know, like the guys who were like, yeah, you're on heroin right now. Like you've got a needle sticking out of your arm, basically. And that doesn't mm-hmm. really we, we can't really hang with that. Um, yeah. So we, we never really found our our tribe <laughs> um so it, it, it's weird because we the the bands that opened for us nobody opened for us who then went on to get enormous but we had bands like discount open for us and allison from discount went on to be in dead weather okay so like a little weird like if you if you really follow a thread over here yeah. you'll kind of follow like we're sort of fame adjacent over there i'm trying to think of else we did you did you do a lot of touring? Or? Not really, not too much. Because um, we we all lived in New York City, which means none of us had a car, so it involved yeah. it involved renting like a, some gargantuan Ford Aerostar and just mm-hmm. hoping it would it would work with us. And um, we did that one. My old band did that once. We didn't have a big enough van, so yeah. we rented. A, our our singer happened to work at a car rental place, and so got a deal on nice. getting a, a big van. Phenomenal. And he opted. Uh, he did not get the insurance yes oh oh man and we he hit a deer on that tour then wow (laughs) wow (sighs) that's rough yeah bad luck man Mm -hmm. that's really profoundly (laughs) bad luck I think we broke up a few months after. That. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. I imagine you did. That wasn't the factor, but couldn't help though. Yeah, Yeah. didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> uh but sorry I, you were still going there I, didn't mean oh, I don't know that I was um the um yeah it was uh I'm trying to think if there were any bands that yeah no one we that's the thing is like we we um I had a great time I guess we were in a band for like three four years or so and what, what we, did, did you play bass played bass okay. and, and sang about 50 percent and um 
we um, just a little three piece um, traveled light um, had a lot of shtick always wore matching shirts on stage uh-huh. um, which gets you which at the time got you compared to Weezer a lot which was weird because it was just Weezer just matched in the Buddy Holly video but for some reason that yeah. really latched on to people and people were like oh you're like Weezer with the matching shirts like all right I'm, <laughs> I'm done fighting um, <laughs> um, the uh, we our biggest tour was one that took us down to Georgia and it was fascinating because we did like a couple club shows that were total washouts and then we did a couple of house parties that were amazing you know yeah. like when you're touring on that level like the club mm-hmm. shows will fuck you blind yep. and then the house party they'll, they'll send they'll pass a hat around for the touring band they'll sandwich you between two local bands and you're set yep. you know that's gas money for like the next two or three days um you're you're, you're living in waffle house for the next 48 <laughs> hours and it's bliss um uh so yeah we we got like we did a, a house party in Athens, Georgia at a place. This is so, like, stereotypically punk rock. It was called the Dead Body House because allegedly the previous tenants had killed someone or someone had died in their apartment or whatever. And, and uh, so whoever owned the house couldn't rent it out to anybody except a bunch of sleazy college students. Um, so we played with some UGA kids um, and uh, at the Dead Body House, and we were going through downtown athens that day and just like checking out like wux tree records and all these other places and everyone's like oh yeah egghead you guys are uh, you guys are playing the dead body house tonight I'm like wow <laughs> no one mentioned that when we booked the place uh okay yes i guess we are playing the dead body house looking forward to it <laughs> um and it was fascinating it was just like the like there was this local band whose shtick was the drummer would uh would stick the drumsticks up his butt like that was the, like what he would do in the middle of the set and um uh and they were kids. They were like 20, 21 years old. And all they wanted to do was stay up all night and talk about hip-hop with us because we were from New York. <laughs> and we're like, all right, yeah, you know, we have to drive to Kentucky tomorrow. But, yeah, let's, let's talk about Tribe Called Quest, man. Let's, um, I'm in. Let's, that's great. Uh, it, was, um, it, it was sort of uh, – it was, it was just such a weird time of my life because I, I – in hindsight, I don't know what I ever thought we were actually going to accomplish because we were not that – we were fun – and the records sound pretty good, but we were not that tight live. And um, we would always mask that by being like, well, we're a little more garage than pop punk. That's how we kind of covered <laughs> covered our tracks there. You know, like, we're a little more influenced by like, you know, some more garage, Chesterfield Kings kind of thing, you know, um, uh, which was hilarious bullshit. Um, but we um, so I don't know exactly what our long game was. I don't know if we actually thought we were going to make a living. I think we did think for a little while we were going to make a living. But no, we, we yeah, did I mean, not. at that point when you're at that age yeah like, it's just fun you're going out you're traveling we all had you're day not go- jobs fuck yeah. it yeah, yeah. you're Ex- getting away from work exactly away from home and that was yeah. the thing too is that you you do these things you know you'd play like a birthday party out on long island and it would just be fucking amazing and then you'd come home the next day and you go to your temp job in midtown <laughs> yeah. you're like file this is yourself fucko i was a rock star this weekend how dare you you don't even know who you're talking to that was... I don't care if you're on the partner track. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, in in like the first probably within like two years or something of Motion City for mm-hmm. me. Uh, we, you know, we were still we were we were touring constantly. Yeah, and uh, we had a few like nice breaks early on, and we actually got to go to Europe opening for Blink in oh, like, wow. 2004. And so we played 
enormous shows oh, on that yeah, tour. Oh, yeah, that would have been insane. So, like, in, in, in London, we the first night of the tour was... Uh, Wembley Arena, not not Wembley Stadium, Stadium but Arena. It's but arena I mean, it's still, still a fucking huge. arena. Yeah. yeah, it's still huge. It's like twelve thousand people or something. You, you know, must like, have destroyed opening up for Blank. Did it, it go was, really well? It went really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that kind of like set us up in England for a long time. Like yeah. we did really well there for a while. But uh, anyways, like, but that was you know we were still doing all kinds of stuff though at that point. So I think like within the, like a month of each other, we played Wembley Arena. And we played a basement show. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. A basement so, show in England? No, no, no. No, a basement was, back ba- in the States. Yeah, back oh, in the okay. States. Okay, that's, that's insane. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I just rewatched End of the Century, the Ramones uh, documentary. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, by the end, they were doing clubs in the middle of the country and soccer stadiums in South America. <clears throat> yeah, they it's just, so they, strange they, when that stuff happens. That that story is still baffling. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that history and... and um, there's it, it's it's very very layered and deep with what, what went on with the Ramones, but the yeah. the thing of like in Brazil playing these these in front of sixty thousand people or whatever, and then just coming back and playing the larger clubs mm-hmm. in in the states, you know, like playing like your First Avenues <clears throat> or. Uh-huh. Um, uh, everything they every place they would have they would have played in New York is closed now, but um you know like the Academy or the Ritz or something, um and I just in your native country I just I just, it's fascinating to me yeah it's cheap a... trick in Japan you know it's just the whole thing is weird man it's right. just so it's just such a crapshoot who's gonna like you, you know? <laughs> it's, it's crazy I still think the the weird thing now is all of the bands that break up. And then are getting back together and playing shows twenty times, or that's even small, bigger than what like like the refused, yeah. Like their final show was a basement show, yeah. And then they got back together and they're headlining Coachella and stuff like that. Yeah, it it's, makes no sense. No, I don't it's, understand how that happens. Yeah, that's really, it's, it's weird. You know, I I, I will say we when Egghead broke up in '98. Our last show was opening for. Do you remember a band called Weston from Jersey? Yeah, yeah. We opened for Weston in New Jersey, and um, and then broke up a couple months later, and then we got back together about nine years later and did a um, what's it called, the Insubordination Fest in Baltimore uh-huh. in two thousand seven, and um, uh, they had a massive power outage, so we didn't play. We did the uh, acoustic set in the parking lot. We, but in 2009, <laughs> we went back and uh, tried again. And, um, yeah, we, we weren't headlining, but we were way late. We were like 6.30 or something late, late in the evening. Yeah. And had we just – had we never broken up, we would have been like a 2, 2.30 in the afternoon band easily. Uh-huh. Easily two thirty in the afternoon <laughs> band, no question. But there is something to be said for just backing away for a little bit and letting demand yeah. kind of increase. There's just you know cut the supply for a little while and see what happens. Like, there's some basic economic stratagem there, you know. Yeah, it and seems it's, to it's, be working right now for it's, it's, a lot of people. Yeah, it is weird. Um, it's yeah, funny too because the, the I mean you look at the way the uh, uh, the Pixies are a great example. The Pixies were mm-hmm. the Pixies would open. In uh, uh, for Stadium Acts, but they were not a Stadium Act by right. any stretch. Yeah, and they are now, kind of, uh-huh. uh, and it's, it's baffling. Yeah, uh, do you know that? Were you familiar with the band The Matches? 
they were another epitaph band that came up around the same time as as we did yeah. uh because they just did the same thing where they they weren't even gonna get back together they just they're from san francisco mm-hmm. and they announced they're gonna do like a 10th anniversary show because their first record came out 10 years ago right so they did that it sold out immediately they added a second show sold out immediately where in, uh, in san francisco, in san francisco. Okay. i forget what venue though and uh and then so they added an la show they've added a chicago show they've added a new york show wow and then now they just got asked to come to australia wow so it's just yeah that same thing it's crazy that's uh, fascinating yeah Felice Navipod will be right back. Hey, do you like to buy things? Of course you do. We all do. You know where a great place to buy things is? Amazon.com. Wait, no. FeliceNavipod.com. Go there. Go to the Amazon banner at the top of the page. And then just go shop on Amazon like you always would. And then a portion of what you purchase will go to support the show. We thank you. Now do it. And now, back to Felice Navipod. Also, you mentioned The Descendants earlier. Did I see you, you tweet something recently? Did you go see The Descendants? I went to see them at, a, at an old movie theater in Pomona. Oh, they showed the movie, too? Was no, it that no, no, thing? no, no, no. It wasn't. Um, they didn't show the movie. They they just did a show. But they, it's okay. the Fox Theater is clearly an old movie theater because the acoustics suck. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's, um, uh, it was them with off and a local another local band opening up i can't remember the the first band was um and it was fun it was really really fun even though the sound was was pretty muddy yeah they were just too loud for a venue like that they they need to be in a in a a rock venue Mm -hmm. i've never actually seen them you know it was the first time i'd seen them yeah it was the first i've been listening to that band since i was 14 and it was the first i'd seen all Uh um but I've listened to the Descendants from such a young age that I missed the Descendants on their final tour because I had to go to camp. <laughs> Not exaggerating. That's a true story. I, I was literally so fucking young. I had to go to camp. Not even to be a counselor in training. To be a camper, right. <laughs> I had to just go to camp and miss the Descendants on the all tour in 87. And um, uh, and then every reunion I managed to miss them. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, just lucked out, and a friend of mine grabbed a, a ticket. It sold out, I think, and um, it was great. They sounded, I mean, I, again, the speaking of chops, good lord, dude, Bill Stevenson is a monster. Bill Stevenson's a monster. Yeah, influence on your, I don't uh, hear it's an influence. Not really. No. It's, I, I I have to be totally honest. I've I've always liked them, but I I, I was exposed to them much later than than. Like you oh, were, yeah. See, if, and, if they uh, catch you when you're 14, yeah. fuck it. That's your band for life. And, right. Like all that, like puerile sexuality and uh-huh. all that, like just completely juvenile shit. Um, if they catch you in ninth grade, forget it. Yeah, you're just locked down for life. Um, and I imagine if you were introduced to them in your 20s, when you had hopefully slightly more mature views of women, <laughs> you would maybe not be as impressed. Yeah, um, I mean, I once I did hear them, I enjoyed them, but I just never, I, I, I in honestly, just in the last like year, I've kind of gotten more into them. Yeah. I was like casually liking them for a while, and then I, I just watched. Have you seen the movie yet? I haven't yet. Film- it's in the mail to me. I nice. haven't seen it. Filmage. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's real, I watched I it really last interesting. weekend, and yeah, that what that made me fall in love with well, Bill were, Stevenson. They're a really interesting bunch of guys. Yeah. They're a really interesting bunch of guys, and he's. Um, a terrific producer. Yeah. 
and a great drummer and a, a very good songwriter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they're just there's and you know Milo of course is you know a doctorate and that's baffling and fascinating. <laughs> when I was when I went to Ithaca College, I um, I was at Ithaca at the same time. Greg Graffin from Bad Religion was teaching at Cornell right across town. Uh huh. And on a whim one night after what was the album? The album came out in like '92. It has Atomic Garden on it. It has come on. They used to be on your label. What's up? Um, it's, own the label. Uh, they own the <laughs> label. Yeah. Um, uh, what the fuck is that record called? Generator. Okay. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I was um, pull it. When Generator uh, came out, we played it a little bit on my college radio station, and on a whim, I opened up the Ithaca phone book, and there was great graphing. I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" This gives you an idea of how old the story is. And I called him up, and I was like, "Would you like to come over and to Ithaca's?" radio station and be interviewed and he goes, I don't really like that radio station. Can I bring my own records? Like, yes. <laughs> yes you can, Dr. Graffin. You absolutely may. <laughs> and he brought a stack of like crazy esoteric LA punk from like I can't even remember the shit that he brought, but it was nothing I'd heard before. And I, I like West Coast punk a lot. I grew up listening to a lot of West Coast punk. Yeah. Um and uh I don't remember half of the shit they and then he brought in um have you ever you probably heard this that ridiculous uh bad religion record with all the keyboards on it i just found out literally like two months ago i heard it for the first time yeah and it's it's disastrous and he doesn't (laughs) seem to know that but he brought it along and um, oh really because i thought i'd heard they for a while were kind of almost acting like it didn't exist well i i think he was (laughs) you know again this is 1992 it's not Uh like this is going to pop up online because there is no online so he just brought it in to impress this college student managed to do so (laughs) and then we played the thing and i was like and he's like yeah it's terrible it sounds like journey (laughs) i was like kind of does greg that's a that's a really weird record you've brought in here what is that record called i want to say it's called escape but that actually is the journey record that has don't stop believing on it (laughs) what what is that record called it's got a fucking spaceship on the cover yeah yeah uh let me see if i can get the answer to this i think bad religion synth ought to get you there yeah i think that's your quickest google search <laughs> <laughs> let's see into the unknown into the unknown yes of course uh, uh yeah so that was my um that was a, an early uh, and then later that summer i saw full circle bad religion and all uh at the ritz in new york nice yeah it was fun that's awesome <clears throat> um Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's 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 talk a little Christmas here. Okay, by all means, please. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, let's. Is it is it a big deal for? I, I assume you you're a father now, so I assume maybe it's probably a big deal with the kids now and everything. Or it's, has it always been a big deal? It's such a big deal with the kids that it outweighs my wife's Judaism and indeed their Judaism, <laughs> as uh, Judaism is a matrilineal religion. Um. <laughs> I say matrilineal in his. I think that's the first on the show. Was it really first time? Um, I feel like I drop that constantly on on, uh, Never Not Funny, but the (laughs) um, uh, it's they kind of have the best of all worlds because they're going to a a pretty good Jewish day school and um, they. um, so we go somewhere. We rarely do Hanukkah at our house. Like we'll have a menorah and we'll light the candles, and you know we'll we'll honor my my wife's traditions. Uh, we'll go somebody else uh, someplace else for latkes, and then on Christmas we get up. We 
we're like we're Christians until about noon. We 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 get up, we open presents, then noon we go for Chinese food. It's great. <laughs> then we then we honor my wife's traditions and we go for Chinese food on Christmas. Nice. And we go down to like uh, uh, Ocean Seafood in Chinatown, um, and it's like us, a gazillion Asians, a couple other agnostic families here and there, uh-huh. and it's great. Um, her family used to go on Christmas. Um, they used to go to. Um, uh, they would go to Foxwoods Casino a lot and just gamble with with Asian families <laughs> all the time. That was that was her Christmas tradition. Nice. Um, but we have a tree, and um, we call it a Christmas tree. We don't do anything kind of cute about it. We don't do like holiday shrub or anything. Right? Right, it's right. a Christmas tree. I mean, the Christmas tree itself is. I mean, it's a crazy old pagan symbol that just they co opted for yeah whatever. Let's not get preachy here, but. Um, <laughs> It doesn't, you know, it's not like, we don't have an enormous gooey Jesus on the wall or anything. Right, right, it's it's right. a Christmas tree. It smells yeah. nice, you know. Christmas trees smell nice. Latkes smell nice. They're all, there's <laughs> there's time for all of it. So you go the real tree route. Uh, we often go real tree route, yeah. Um, as, as as environmentally irresponsible as that might be, uh, we, we do often go real tree. Nothing huge and ostentatious, but we get a little, uh, a little, little shrub to bring into the house and and you know it really it's such a cliche but jesus boy do your kids like decorating a tree mm-hmm. that's really fun they you know who else really does? enjoy it. the guy that spilled his water oh yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah what that's, has two, what hence, has two hence why i have a, a podcast about christmas all year and long. a lovely little wreath uh <laughs> sitting on your door here <laughs> yeah, which that, by the way is lovely yeah that really more is uh we didn't know where else to put it that's you know, a thought, fine place for it why i thought not? since we are recording here why not why not the podcast room definitely yeah. um uh yeah so we yeah we we threw it we know what we're doing this year this is the first year we've taken the kids to new york for christmas oh yeah so i'm a little worried about just because how old are they they I'm are there? seven and four okay so have they have they experienced snow yet um we have they experienced snow uh, a little bit yes mm. not much we took them up to mammoth last winter but it was uh-huh. mostly like i don't think the snow was real because they've got we've had such little rain here you know right um uh, and they went to my little girl before. I don't think she remembers going to Colorado when she was very small. But we went to a comedy festival in Telluride, and she she saw some snow then. And we had winter in we had Christmas in London a couple years ago, but there was no snow. But she stepped outside, and she refused to wear a jacket. And we're like, okay, we're just gonna bring the jacket with us, tough uh-huh. girl. Let's see what's up. <laughs> She's like four at the time. Let's see what, what what you got going. We'll, we'll just keep the jacket with us in case you change your mind. Mm-hmm. She goes, steps out into the street in the middle of Soho in London, and she goes, the air hurts. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it does, you little pussy Californian. Put a jacket on. <laughs> um, yeah, I call my daughter a pussy. Yeah. Um, it's good for her. It's right? good for her. Builds yeah. character. Exactly. Um, so, but, yes, yeah, so we're going to New York for, for Christmas, and the thing is just, you know, New York's just a zoo yeah. that time of year. It's just – we were we were there in – july which is also not a really fun place because mm-hmm. then it's a zoo and incredibly humid yep. and um but it was fun we're gonna go do the whole thing we're gonna see uh the radio city music hall show uh-huh. uh we're gonna um uh and obviously you're gonna see the tree at rockefeller center yeah. um might try and see the department store windows i might go to macy's i don't know we're gonna try and give them like a full-on full-on new york christmas as best we can yeah um but um it's miserably cold there so mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see how they do yeah no i uh i do not miss the cold at all are you from minneapolis originally uh no i never really lived there interesting i kind of did but me and matt our bass player were recruited 
uh, basically from Virginia. Oh, okay. But I, I lived in Michigan before that. Oh, fuck. Too, so, yeah. Oh, Michigan knows cold. Yeah. You but, guys aren't joking at all. With, mm-hmm. oh. Minneapolis, even more so, though, I think, because I, I spent a lot of time there, even though I never really lived there. And Dude. The coldest day I've ever felt was in Minneapolis. Yeah, I think mine, too. I, I yeah. did um, uh, uh, <laughs> I had a horrible gig doing a bunch of industrial ads. They actually might still be used. I did a bunch of industrial videos for Target. <laughs> Uh-huh. Which, as I probably don't need to tell you, is headquartered right mm-hmm. in downtown Skyway adjacent uh, yep. in downtown Minneapolis, and I was there for about a week. Uh-huh. And um, near the Mary Tyler Moore statue. Oh, is it? Yeah. See, well, here's the thing: it. it was February, so I didn't go anywhere <laughs> I didn't have to. Yeah. This wasn't for Johannesburg reasons. This was for it's absurd outside mm-hmm. how cold it is. And as bad as I was time as I was having it, my the guy I was working with an actor named Greg Pitts was from Florida, so he was really not having yeah. this shit. Um, but we um, uh, a found the city utterly charming, ate like kings, wonderful food town, um, uh, drank way too much. I was still drinking at the time and just punished myself uh, mm-hmm. in that city. But yeah, I um, I got it took me about an hour to get wildly sick. Just yeah. like a horrible, horrible cold in that town. It was astonishing. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, we're pretty much sick until April. Sorry. That's that's <laughs> Minneapolis. Okay. Here we go. Want to hear a Sven and Ollie joke? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> Somebody get me some DayQuil. This is awful. <laughs> yeah. Those those touring around that time, like you know, in the early days in the van, van and trailer, just first of all, dealing with those roads, yeah. but then just like, just, you can't get away from the cold and then you get sick and then you're in the van and you're passing Most the of, same cold around yeah, among exactly. six guys or whatever you're not really sleeping much anyways and you just oh. feel like garbage and yeah i i don't miss those days i don't imagine you would no, no. oh that's brutal yeah <laughs> minneapolis cold is um is it's pretty astonishing i was it like it gets into your bones it is no <laughs> joke we went to a place that had an ice bar <laughs> we were like this is Scandinavia. I mean, I guess it is in one regard, but it's it was like it was an ice bar. Just belly up to this bar made of ice, and they'll make you a drink. And it's just it's just baffling to me. Even <laughs> even as a New Yorker, I was just like, "Fuck this!" this yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Um, uh, do you uh, do you have like a, a Christmas in your life that stands out as like that's like the big memory for you? Christmas wise, you know, I have a. Not re- I have I have one. It's it, it's sort of it's almost a little bit of a bummer, but it's it's not. It, it turns right. out Those okay. It turns out okay. Um, <coughs> the winter break of my senior year of college, I to make a little extra money stayed over Christmas and worked at the radio station. Mm-hmm. Because if you worked over a break, you uh, they would pay you. Okay. So I did one summer up there, which was fascinating, and I did a winter break in Ithaca, New York, which that's some serious cold too. Um, but so I'm I'm up there, and um, my <clears throat> mom uh, uh, said, "Well, I'll come up for Christmas Day," and I uh, said, "Okay, great. I'll get like something to cook, and we'll we'll make it work." Uh, and so I'm staying in my off-campus house. My three housemates have gone back to their respective homes. So I've got this weird, like, drafty, strange house um, 
Uh, we used to have terrific, you know, we'd have bands in the basement. It was really fun. Um, but it's all to myself, and the town empties out. I mean, Ithaca's yeah. like a real college town. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's maybe 80% of the town's economy. <laughs> is is college based so when it's on break it's a fucking walking dead ghost town uh -huh. so i'm there and i go to wegman's the big chain and i go a little too late on christmas eve and they're closed and there's no there is like it's full on like we're having like an oh henry christmas i got nothing mm -hmm. and my mom is at um my aunt and uncles her her brother and his wife in scranton pennsylvania and I called. I was like, I, I fucked up. I don't know what we're going to do. I guess we're going to have to go for Chinese food or something because I don't have the grocery store closed in this weird little town. I'm used to grocery stores. That, I'm from New York. I'm used to grocery stores that stay up a little bit later. This yeah. really threw me. They were closed at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and um, and uh, my aunt and uncle just had a ham. Just had a ham sitting Stand around. Stand by ham. Yeah. And uh, they threw it into like a little thermal baggie and my mom brought it up and uh, <laughs> I met her at the bus station and uh, we uh, I, we threw it in the oven. We had a simple little ham dinner on Christmas and then I and then oh God, it's just coming back to me. Now we went to go see the crying game. <laughs> I saw the crying game with my mother on Christmas. Oh my God. I feel like I've just had like a therapy breakthrough. Oh, what a horrible thing. That's awful. Tony, hold me. <laughs> so the fucking crying game with my mother on Christmas. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that's a, that's a memorable one. That's, that's definitely uh, a memorable yeah, one. Yeah, that's uh, December 25th, 1992. Yeah, <laughs> good times. <laughs> well, Doctor, I think we got through some stuff I, today. I think we did. I feel good about I the think, session. <laughs> I feel Same time next week. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of my more favorite uh, stories we've got. <laughs> you didn't even know it was going I didn't even there. know it was that good. I didn't even know it was, it was this good. That's so, I have literally blocked that out. I have literally blocked out... Um, for your young, for your younger listeners, I strongly <laughs> encourage them to to see if Crying Game is streaming anywhere, and then imagine your polite Midwestern mom sitting next to you when the big reveal comes in around the one hour mark. I think I I didn't see it in the theater, but I I remember renting it and yeah. and watching it with my parents. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, yeah. man, what? that's a weird little epidemic. Uh -huh. that... <laughs> That would never happen now. I have to say though, but like Twitter would be like, "Crying <coughs> Game's great. Don't watch it with your mom." Like they would like, "No spoilers, but don't watch it with your mom. Mm -hmm. Don't watch this movie with your mom." Yeah, that would absolutely never happen today. That's like one of the great things about the internet is that they absolutely <laughs> would have nipped any sort of mistake like that right in the fucking bud, which wouldn't happen. Yeah, I I feel like I did know though. I feel like I remember thinking like kind of by the there time had been, you rented yeah, it by that because I, I yeah. feel like. But it it being one of those things where I sort of knew, but that I was like I kind of want like want to see how this goes right, down right. though. Sure, sure. This sounds awkward, but I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stick it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should pardon. Um, the um, uh, yeah, th that was also when like it took a year for a movie to come out on mm -hmm. VHS. You know, so you you really had to have your patience for it. And uh, um, yeah, that's um, that sounds about right. That sounds like you would have. <laughs> Tried to stomach through anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, John, let's check out. I found a couple of new ones that I was unaware of. Let's check out some terrible.
Christmas songs. Hit it. We have a terrible theme music for this as well. All right. Uh, always on the lookout for some terrible ones. There are plenty out there, but it's get, it is getting harder now that I've been doing this for a while. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm needing help. So if anybody has any, please tweet them at Felice Navi Pod, at Tony Thaxton, whichever. Um, found this nice piece of business here. Um, I do not recall this even being a thing. Do you remember Rover Dangerfield being a thing? Yes, I do. Rover Dangerfield. Wait, was there a movie? Yeah, it's there a was cartoon. a movie. That's right. And he did the voice of like a basset hound or some fucking thing. Yeah, he's some some sort of dog. Yeah. <laughs> I I have no knowledge other than that and uh this uh it, we'll just play a little quick sample of this uh number oh, here. Wait, it's actually a little scene. It's a Christmas tree. Hey Daisy, take it easy, will you? You got me wrong. And when it comes to Christmas, well, I have feelings too. I'm not like other dogs you've met. Oh, teach me something and I won't forget. Why I was brought up to know the one place where I shouldn't go. I'll never do it on a Christmas tree. A Christmas tree is safe mm-hmm. from me. Oh, what would Santa think of me if I did it on a Christmas tree? I'll never do it on a Christmas yeah. tree. That's yeah. one thing that you'll Robert never see. Oh, you'll just have you to see, Daisy thought he was going to pee on a tree on it right now. Yeah. I'll soak yeah, and ash. Wow. I'll do it on a piece yep. Wow. Rover so, Dangerfield. Was it just, was the movie just called Rover Dangerfield? I believe so. Wow, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, what's up? And this is this is Kraftwerk's music. This is Kraftwerk's <laughs> Christmas tune. I need a new cable is what I need. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll fix that later. Um, so, yeah. Rover Day. I had, I did not remember that. I don't know if the whole thing is a Christmas movie. I don't know if it's considered a Christmas movie. I, yeah, I don't remember... I certainly didn't see it. Um, I I had no idea there was a there was any sort of Christmas component to Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank now you. you know. Thank you. Pardon you... me for not thanking you immediately. <laughs> yeah. I'll let it slide this once, just okay. because you told me about seeing the crying game on Christmas <laughs> with your mother. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, um. All right, well, let's uh, let's play just a couple little samples here. Uh, this one, we'll just, oh, I'm just going to play it. It's real. It's just not good. Let's see if, let's see if you can identify the artist. Oh, this is an... I was good as solid gold and did the things that I was told. But days nobody had a scold. But I got a cold for Christmas. Johnny got It's a not a, a group of people that are known for their music. Oh, all right. Is this Abbott and Costello? This is the Three Stooges. You know, because why wouldn't you get a group of guys known for their physical comedy to... Uh, do a Christmas album. Three Jewish guys known for their physical comedy, <laughs> I might add. 
Um, that's really weird. That's really awful. Man, mm-hmm. I uh, I came into this room not liking the Three Stooges. <laughs> I leave an unchanged man. Yep. Uh, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's mm-hmm. some real curating you've done there, man. That's some serious unearthing. <laughs> You're going to have to start going to like foreign language Christmas yeah. well, kitsch now. What's, what's fun about tr- sometimes finding these is like, Sometimes you just like think of like who was someone that was huge at one point. They and, inevitably did a Christmas record. Yeah. Oh, that's like, interesting. especially in the, in the olden days. Yeah, like this. absolutely. Yeah, do you have? Um, I don't even know who does it. What's the? Uh, what's that horrible novelty song? Angel in the Christmas Play. I'm the angel in the Christmas play. I had a no, girlfriend in my twenties who who played that song for me one Christmas morning. And she sang the whole thing with it, and I was like, "Oh, this is a red flag. I got to get out of this relationship. <laughs> this is uh, oh dear." Yeah, I don't. I'm Angel in the Christmas play. I don't necessarily. You maybe you don't want to burn it off right here. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's it's up. It's, now, it's so up. I say we uh, let's see. Hit let's, it. let's check this out because I'm not familiar with this. <laughs> All right, so you're I wish everyone could see the look on your face as it started. Right. Now, and I got it. The, uh, she probably won't listen to this, but bless her heart. We were not. We we learned a lot from each other. It was it was not a disastrous relationship, but um, it was towards the end. But uh, uh, <laughs> singing along with this is a woman I'm sleeping with, and I'm like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Oh, what is this feeling in my stomach? I have to get out. Oh. Uh, uh, fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight. I'm going to go ahead and fade that out. If you yeah, remember. please, please do. Please I, do. Think, I have made my point. <laughs> yes, That's Angel have. in my Christmas play. Angel in the Christmas play, yeah. I think I think that may have led me to some other stuff, though, too, because that's a whole Spike Jones uh, Christmas album. Oh, that's right. That Spike like. Jones, of course, so, yeah. yeah. There might right. be some other gems on there that I'll uh, have to dig into. There probably are, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's pretty ghastly. Yeah, that's uh, that's a real bad one. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. No, you're welcome. Our listeners, you thank you. are welcome. <laughs> uh I wanted to. I've actually played this one before, but I felt that uh, since we, in reality, are approaching Halloween right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does the name Bobby Boris? Yes. Picket ring a bell. To yes, you? in fact, it does. Uh, well, for the uninitiated, that's who did the Monster Mash, the Graveyard Smash, of course. Yes, indeed. Right. Uh, have you heard? His song, Monster's Holiday. I beg your pardon. There was another Bobby Boris Pickett song? Um, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> whoops, whoops. We're still on the other one there. So let's listen to how this is the exact same song. <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas came <laughs> all through the castle. My monsters were having a yuletide hassle. The tree was all trimmed in ghoulish things, like werewolf fangs and vampire wings. But they were wow. up to no good. Wow, this is, this is a monster mash. Monster's Holy shit, that's shameless. That's what I love about that era, is... Like, you know, you're talking about Green Day ripping off people. Oh, yeah. Like, back then, people it just ripped, ripped off, off themselves. themselves. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's astonishing. Yeah, and, like, made... made it's because, yeah, it's like a sequel. It's, you know, like, Chubby Checker did the twist again. Yeah. And, 
Let's twist again. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's amazing, like, <coughs> at what you could get away with. Um, <laughs> wow, that is fascinatingly bad. Yep. What a strange thing. Um, my kids just heard the Monster Mash for the first time the other oh, yeah. day, and that's actually pretty fun. Uh, watching watching a kid discover the Monster Mash for the first time. Because <laughs> it is, if we take it for granted, it's a solid little 50s sort of doo-wop chord progression right. with these silly, spooky lyrics on top. And it was, they really enjoyed it. It was really fun to watch them <laughs> enjoy Bobby Boris Pickett anew. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. They, they were really, really dug that. Well, now, in a couple months... You can introduce them to Monsters Holiday. Probably won't. Probably won't do that, Tony. I gotta <laughs> tell you. But you can. I have the option, but I, I will pass on that option. I will instead sit down <laughs> and watch Crying Game with them. They're seven and four. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> oh man, that's good. So yeah, those are those are the nice little gems I wanted to share with you and good everyone stuff. else. Yeah. Good stuff. Merry Christmas indeed. <laughs> Do you have a, uh, a, a if you had to pick a favorite and or least favorite Christmas song? Do you have do you have those? You know, I I, I still it's you know, it's so overplayed, but I I still really like Christmas rapping by the waitresses. I still I like that song too. There's a lot to like about that song, mm-hmm. you the, know. The really bizarre horn line in that song is weirdly the part that gets stuck in my head. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's but, such a but, weird but it's vaguely loud. Oh, I'm actually talking about no. the. Oh no! Yeah, that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's insane. Like the one saxophone, then the second saxophone comes <laughs> in. Yeah, um, that's great. The lyrics are great. Um, uh, it's just a very joyous song. It just really it puts me in a very very good mood. Um, yeah. What else do I like? Oh, like Fairy Tale of New York by the uh, Pogues because it's you know everyone's it's the dark, <laughs> it's the dark nasty cynical Christmas song. Um, <laughs> Uh, fucking Bad Religion put out an album of Christmas yeah. carols last year. Yeah. That was Brett, crazy. Uh, Brett actually came on on this very show. Oh, did he really? To talk about it. Oh, yeah. no, of course he did. Well, that's yeah. a good thing. I got to find that in the archives. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's funny because initially I was like, oh, guys, but then uh, I listened to it. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. And, you know, it's all about all they're doing is writing really fast folk music anyway. That's all they've ever done. So uh-huh. it makes it actually makes perfect sense right. that they would go ahead and, and put out an album of, of Christmas. And it was for, uh, you know, survivors of abuse. Yeah. And, you know, it was a wonderful cause. And I thought that was a, it was a, a neat, neat project. The Dickies do a great Silent Night. I've not heard that. Oh, it's good. Go find the Dickies Silent Night. Right. Um, it's a, it's, they make it into a Dickies song. And it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. Nice. So I, I that that would be a recommend uh, recommendation for you and your listeners. Fair enough. Uh, I was going to ask this earlier and I forgot. I just have to touch on this, if I may. Uh, and you it's, may. It's okay if the answer is no. I'm just curious because you said that you you listened to my old band. Did you ever Did you ever uh, see us? Did you ever come to any shows? I did. I only once. Um, just curious. No. Well, here I I um what happened? Something weird happened. Oh, you know what happened? As I think you know, I bought I Am the Movie the day I got married. That's right. I heard you talk June, about this on Jonah's. On Jonah yeah. Radio. June 2004, I bought I Am the Movie and listened to it while on honeymoon in Kauai with my bride. Um, so it's a very evocative record for me. Uh-huh. And it's driving through like you know tropical rainforests with my, my fresh new bride with uh-huh. um, uh um, future freaks me out on the on the stereo of our rental, um, and like you just got married and you're listening to Future Freaks Me Out. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've, I I try not to read too much into that. Um, 
You know, it's worse that the other album I bought that day was uh, Good News for People Who Like Bad News by uh, Modest, Modest Mouse. Mouse. Um, uh, and the more you read about Isaac Brock, that's not a guy you want to be listening to on your honeymoon. I'm just going to leave it at that. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I know anything about him, to be honest. Google Isaac All Brock right. and abuse. <laughs> See what takes you there. Um, but uh, And then you guys were playing L.A. the day I got back or the day after we got back from the honeymoon, and I was like, you know, I really want to go see this band. Jim was like, have at it, I'm exhausted, go to. And you were supposed to play the Troubadour, and they had a massive outage. Yes. And so I, I went up to the Whiskey A Go-Go, there was a line around the block, and I was like, oh, fuck this, this isn't going to happen. I mean, you're going, you're moving to a much smaller venue, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think I have standing online for two hours to maybe get into a show in me right now. So I didn't see you on that tour. Huge bummer. And then I finally saw you um, when uh, uh, Commit, Commit This to Memory came out um, uh, at the Fonda with OK Go opening yes. up. And I, Hoppus came out and uh, sang Hangman oh, with you guys. That okay. Uh, Tori Spelling was at that show. No shit. <laughs> we, never, we were never one to really have like quote unquote celebrities at our show. That's and, amazing. Uh, that was that was one night where like Tor- so Tori Spelling's here? What? That's really <laughs> weird. Yeah. My wife just worked with her a couple weeks ago on our ABC family sitcom. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um that's fascinating. But yeah, you guys were so goddamn fun. And then I was out of town when you did those House of Blues shows where you were doing the whole albums. Yeah, oh, I just yeah. I just managed to consistently those be in the wrong fun. place. We Garfunkel Notes opened the shows. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think fun. Furman went to one of those shows and told yes, me about it. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that was kind of like when I first met Mike. I feel like and invited him out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you guys were uh, a fucking joy. Um, oh, thank you. Live. I wasn't fishing. I was just curious if no, cause... I no. Uh, it's a it's a fair question. I have the. I, I didn't want to wear it because I thought it would be just a little too much. But I have that cool <laughs> Viewmaster. Uh, oh wow! Um, yeah, that's Motion old... uh, mm-hmm. shirt. Uh, I love that shirt. It's such a yeah, cool design. That was like one of my favorite shirts we had. Well, I'm at a point now where like it can't just be a band I like. It's got to be a band I like, and I have to really like the design of the yeah. T-shirt. Because, you know, look, I'm probably a little long in the tooth to be wearing a rock T-shirt at all. <laughs> so the least I can do is have something aesthetically pleasing glaring off right. my chest when I'm at a fucking parent-teacher conference or whatever it is I'm doing. <laughs> you know, that's I, 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 the least I can do. Um, but, yeah. And uh, and it was funny too because OK Go were on the bill and they uh-huh. were just starting to like discover what they could do with video. Yeah, and I remember they closed by lip syncing to uh-huh. a Million Ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they closed do... every night of that tour with doing that. Yeah, and it destroyed every night. Of yeah, course. well, it had it was a good bill though. Those were two. It was yeah, because like, I knew them anyway. I actually got into their first record without any videos. Um, when they were just like Ira Glass's house band or whatever, my wife was mm-hmm. like, "You, I heard this record on the radio. You will like this record." I popped it in. She was like, "I was like, you're absolutely right, honey. I do like this record. Let's get married." It's kind of <laughs> more or less how it went down, and um, and it was just one of those great things where like I'm gonna knock off two bands I really want to see in yeah. one evening. And the Fond is a terrific venue, man. Mm-hmm. That's it's the opposite of the Fox Theater. The acoustics are terrific. It's built for rock music. <laughs> it's uh, it's great. I love that place. Yeah, I might see TV on the radio there next week. Actually, nice. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I love that those are the two because those are like two ridiculous memories I have is that that night, <laughs> Tori Spelling being there. Yeah, and I actually I heard John Cryer was there too. Oh, but interesting. I, I, that was news to me. I never saw him, but apparently he was there for OK Go. 
Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, they they told us after the fact. But oh. then, yeah, I love that you tried to come to that Troubadour show because that was like one of the most bizarre days ever. We thought we were going to just have to cancel that show, and then like very last minute they got to move it to the Whiskey. And... Yeah, and that was the, the sign said you know move to the Whiskey, and I was like, oh, I've never <laughs> been to the Whiskey. I that yeah, that's the only cool. time I've ever been. Um, there's no reason to go to the Whiskey anymore. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's it's. Um... Uh, it's the band that's always playing there is uh, Atomic Punks, the uh, Van, Van Halen, Halen cover band. Yeah, um, but uh, I got there and I saw that massive line. I was still kind of tired because I was you know, a little jet lagged and I yeah. got my honeymoon. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've got this in me tonight. And there was just really the chance that like either I wouldn't get in at all or I would get in and be really uncomfortable. Right? Because I'm already in my 30s at this point, so I'm just like, I don't know. So I know that I want to be sandwiched <laughs> in like that. Um, did you ever get to play the Troubadour? Mm-hmm. Oh, Several good. times. Oh, yeah. good, good. Yeah. That's a terrific I think venue, man. Yeah, I think we'd even already played it at that point, like maybe opening for people at that point. I think that was going to be our first time headlining there, though. I'm sorry. I, I missed you there. I saw the Hold Steady there on the Boys and Girls in America tour. Uh-huh. It was like their last like intimate show in L.A., and it was um, – I mean, it was like – like a tent revival movement in there because mm. it's such a cozy place. There's no bad seats anywhere. You know, anywhere yeah. you stand, there's a good eye line, and um, it's just a really fun place to see shows. Um, yes, it is. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I never got a chance to see you there. That would have been that would have been really fun. You don't need to be sorry. It's I okay. am though. I have well, regrets. Did you regret a lot? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate the apology. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, John, John, is it, do you, John, or do people call you John Ross? Um, is that just uh, an official John. term? John's okay. fine. John, right. uh, I don't know you that well, yeah, so I just uh, want to make sure. People call me John, people, uh, uh, yeah, nobody really calls me John Ross. I didn't figure. I, I had I'd some, like, friends sure. of my mom call me John Ross. The only reason it's there, uh, uh, it is my middle name, but um, there's a an older British actor named John Bowe, mm-hmm. B-O-W-E. And while that there's no like union overlap, like I don't have to change my name or I don't have to add a name on. But every time I see his name, I do a double take. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, what's this? What am I doing?" Um, and he's he's got to be in his sixties or seventies at this point. Um, but every time I see his name, I always think it's my name. So I thought, well, I should probably try to distinguish myself. So when it came time to join SAG, I threw my middle name on there and. Here we are. Here we are. There's the brand. <laughs> Here we are. You've done it. You're on the number one podcast. Number on one Christmas-themed Christmas podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, I thank you for coming by. Tony, I thank you so much it. for having me. It was super fun. Super fun. And, uh, yeah, it's time for you to get out of my house. Fine. Don't mind if I do. Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. We're thank shaking you, hands. Yes, we are. All right, everybody. That's going to do it once again. Thanks for listening, as always. Thank you, John Ross Bowie, for stopping by. Uh, follow him on Twitter at John Ross Bowie. It's also johnrossbowie.tumblr.com. I didn't ask him if he had any plugs. I'm texting him right now, but he's got to respond real quick if he wants something to be plugged. He's on some TV show, I guess, too. Maybe, I don't know. Anyways, uh, I'm on Twitter, at Tony Thaxton, and TonyThaxton.com is the place you can find other stuff about me. Man, I'm killing these plugs. FeliceNavipod.com uh, has all our episodes, as well as iTunes. 
give us a nice review, please help the show. Uh, also, I know I mentioned the Amazon banner earlier, but also there's also the donate button on FeliceNavicot.com. You can donate to the show. That's a great way to support the show. No pressure, as always, just letting it be known. Um, I think that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, nothing really else to plug that I haven't mentioned other than Christmas is December 25th. So thank you guys for listening. I've been Tony Thaxton. That's Ben Rigby. And as always, we wish you a Merry Christmas from Fun.